In 2 Samuel 18, we have a message called Entangled. It's all about Absalom, David's son, rebelling against his father, trying to steal the throne, and with his long and beautiful hair, things backfire, he ends up getting tangled in a tree branch, and it becomes his demise. All because he was fighting against the king, his father, fighting against him for lust of power and the throne that really didn't belong to him. And in the end, it cost him everything. We're going to see more about Absalom's story and David's response to what happened to him today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. The message is entangled. Uh, The metaphor is Absalom, David's son, ends up dying in 2 Samuel 18 in what we would call a metaphorical way. That is, his death becomes a picture of something. He actually dies hanging from a tree. Uh, Commentators, because of the language, are not sure exactly what happened, but there's one view that his beautiful long hair that we've been talking about got caught in a tree branch And he dangled from the branch and became a sitting duck for the forces of David. And he ended up dying that way. And I took the idea of being entangled, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this. Uh, For those of you who have hair, uh, sometimes your hair gets tangled. Now, uh, some years ago, my grandmother convinced me to use conditioner. And I was like, why do I need conditioner. She said, trust me, Michael, just use the conditioner. So I I put conditioner in my hair and it was an amazing discovery. (laughs) The smoothness by which the the comb now went through my hair. It was was great. Recently, I bought a pair of shoes and, uh, you know, shoes are expensive these days, aren't they? And so I was like, I tried on the shoes and I like them, but I noticed that in the shoelace, there was a knot. And I asked the girl, I said, uh, did, did the shoes come like this or did somebody put a knot in these shoes? And she goes, I don't know. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> so apparently me whining and complaining about things is become, becoming a trend. She rebuked me in the shoe store. But so I tried on these new shoes and I had to get a knot out of the shoelace. Now, I am not the most patient person with knots. I don't know about you guys. I normally hand it to my wife. Can you please deal with this? And she has the nails by which she can accomplish that. But if you have to get a knot out of something, especially a a tight knot, what do you need? Patience, endurance, all that stuff. Somebody who can actually sit next to you and get the knot out. You know what I'm saying. Well, this image of being entangled is used in 2 Timothy 2.4. When Paul writes to Timothy, he says, no soldier, 2 Timothy 2.4, in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may, 2 Timothy 2.4, please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Can I ask you, are you an active soldier? You know, when I think about uh, delivering a message like this, I want to give you guys solutions because sin so easily entangles us. And one way to keep from being entangled in sin is to be in active service so that you don't have time to do dumb things, amen? 
When you're serving the Lord and you're active in serving the Lord, you're going to be less apt to sin because you're going to be busy in the Lord's service and you're going to be depending upon the Lord. That's 2 Timothy 2.4. And let me just ask you, are you in the battle? Are you engaged in an active service? The second verse I want to show you is in Hebrews 12. Turn over there, Hebrews chapter 12. And Hebrews 11 is about all these people who... Uh, showed faith and, and ran the race, and it wasn't easy for them. They're all listed in Hebrews 11, called the Great Hall of Faith. And then in chapter 12, the writer says these words. He says, therefore, since we have 12.1, so great a cloud of witnesses, they're mentioned in chapter 11, the Great Hall of Faith, surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight or encumbrance, and the sin which so what? Easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Another way to avoid getting entangled in sin is to run with freedom. You don't want to have weights on you when you're running the race. As a Christian, you don't want to be entangled in things that are slowing you down or messing you up. Are you entangled in something right now that keeps you from active service? Are you entangled in something right now that's keeping you from running free? Absalom hanging from this tree, if you turn over to 2 Samuel 18, becomes a picture of a man who could have done great things for God. He was David's son. He did not need to make this coup and pursue David's throne, he could have done great things as the Prince Absalom. His name, Ab, or Abba, father, and Salam as a form of Shalom, means father of peace. But that wasn't Absalom. Absalom did not have peace with his father. He did not have peace with God. He was not running the race in freedom. He was entangled in lust for power, lust for position, and lust to take his dad's throne. And it consumed him. And instead of coming to his father's side and saying, Dad, whatever you want me to do, I'll do for the sake of this kingdom because I know God's made you the king and I want to serve by your side. No, he wanted the power. He had to have the throne and he had to have it at all costs. And it cost him everything. And David was so grieved by what was happening. You, you'll recall that David had to flee from his throne. He had to flee from Jerusalem and up the Mount of Olives. He went with a whole group and they were crying and wailing. And he sent Hushai back to the city. And Ahithophel had betrayed David and jumped ship. And he had great wisdom. And he had given a plan to Absalom. Absalom was acting as the new king and he told him, you need to take your dad now. You need to do it tonight. Let me do it. Let me take him. But Hushai was there, and Hushai was there to protect David, although Absalom didn't really know it. And Hushai gave an alternate plan, and Absalom believed that plan. He followed that plan, and it cost him everything. And David went out into the wilderness, and the end of chapter 17, David uh, gets some supplies uh, brought to him. Look at 1727. David had come to Mahanaim. That's the place where Jacob wrestled with God and was renamed Israel. And David, I'm sure, was wrestling with many things. And the supplies were brought to him. You can see there's individuals that are named there. In verse 28, they brought beds, they brought basins, they brought pottery, they brought wheat, barley, flour, parched grain, beans, lentils, 
parched seeds, honey, curd, sheep, cheese of the herd for David and the people who were with him to eat. For they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. And so supplies came. There was food and there was a, a chance to rest and a chance to recuperate. And chapter 18 opens with these words. Then David numbered the people, 18, 1, 2 Samuel, who were with him and set over the commanders of thousands and the commanders of hundreds. Now, it would seem that at this point, people started to hear that there was a civil war, that Absalom had uh, taken the throne in Jerusalem, and people had to decide which side they were going to be on. Would they go with the man after God's own heart, God's anointed King David, or would they go to Absalom's side? And some people probably were thinking, you know, pragmatically, what side do you think is going to win? What side is going to be the best for me and my family? But a lot of people, it would seem, were still loyal to David. And they made their way to David somehow. Because you'll notice now, there are hundreds and thousands. And David splits up the people because he knows soon Absalom's going to be coming. And, and it's a tragic thing to know that your own son uh, is going to come with an army and he's got his sights set on you to kill you. So David you know, felt responsible for the people. He was a great tactician and warrior himself. And so he began to organize his troops. And uh, Absalom was coming. Job 20, verse 5 says, that the triumphing of the wicked is short and the joy of the godless is momentary. Though his loftiness reaches the heavens, his head touches the clouds, he perishes forever like his refuse. Those who have seen him will say, where is he? Job 20. Verses five through seven. Absalom's rebellion was going to be short-lived. Instead of him taking his place with his father and walking in the gifts and the position that God had given him, now he was going to try to take his own dad down and it was going to spell his own demise. Absalom's testimony is a sad one. A son trying to take his father's place and uh, doing it not in God's time, not in God's way, and ending, ending up perishing because of it. David begins to organize the army, and he sent the people out, verse 2, one-third under the command of Joab, one-third under the command of Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother, one-third under the command of Ittai the Gittite. He was a Philistine, actually loyal to David. And the king said to the people, I myself will surely go out with you also. Now, David began to organize the troops for battle and he split them up in thirds under different commanders. This is what Jesus has commanded the church to do. There are different churches. There are different leaders in churches. And the Lord of the church, Jesus Christ, the greater David, the anointed one, has given pastors and he's given teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And there's churches here and there in different places in different countries. And they are to set up the church to grow and minister. Speaking the truth in love, Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, we're to grow up into all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The head of the church, by the power of the Holy Spirit, distributes spiritual gifts as he wills. He gives you a gift or maybe multiple gifts, and he puts you in the place that you belong to go out to war. 
Are you fighting the battle? The battle belongs to the Lord, but he has an army. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Hey, I want to tell you something that's exciting happening here at the church. We have a college that we've started. We offer a two-year diploma in Christian apologetics and theology. We have two exciting classes coming up with great instructors. It's Hidden Riches of Church History from the Resurrection to the Reformation. And we have a class on Christian philosophy. How do we know what truth is? We're going to look at epistemology and some other subjects like that. Are you a working adult? Have you just graduated from high school and looking to go deeper in your faith? The tuition is very low and the instruction is excellent. And the classes start in July. Are you interested? Do you want to go deeper in your faith? Do you want to be more equipped to give answers for the hope that you have in the public square? Well, check it out today. It's thetruthacademy.com, thetruthacademy.com. Sign up today, find out all the information, and get equipped. God bless you. We're to grow up into all aspects, into him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The head of the church, by the power of the Holy Spirit, distributes spiritual gifts as he wills. He gives you a gift or maybe multiple gifts, and he puts you in the place that you belong to go out to war. Are you fighting the battle? The battle belongs to the Lord, but he has an army that he organizes and he has commanders and he has others. And he says, this is where you fit. This is your job. Now go and wage the war. Go into the spiritual battle. Go in and win people to Christ. The time is short. Go and make disciples of all the nations. And so he sent them out. He had Joab, he had Abishai. But the king said, I'm going to go out with you as well. <clears throat> Matthew 10, 16 says, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. John 20, 21 says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And in Acts 22, 21, Paul says, he said to me, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. God has a plan for your life a plan for you to go and minister to people in your sphere of influence, in your school, at work. Be strategic, be praying for people, be looking for opportunities where God has sent you to fight the good fight of faith. Now, David said, I'm gonna go, but the people said, verse three, you should not go out. For if, if we indeed flee, they will not care about us. Even if half of us die, they will not care about us. But you are worth 10,000 of us. Therefore, now it is better for you that you be ready to help us from the city. In this war chapter, they said, David, we don't want you to go out because if you go out, they won't care about us. They're going to try to kill you. That's what Absalom wants to do. Flip over to chapter 21. Look at verse 17 for a second. This shows up later, but this is the idea of their words. 2117, it says, look at the middle of the, the verse. It says, then the men of David, 2117, swore to him saying, you shall not go out again with us to battle that you may not extinguish the lamp of Israel. We are fighting this battle for you 
And I want you to see the connection, go back to chapter 18, between David and Jesus. We are fighting this battle for you. You are the light of Israel. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not remain in darkness. He will have the light of life. And they said, we don't want that light to go out. David, you have shown us a light. Even as imperfect as David was and how guilty he may have felt, he was still a light to his people. And you're a light at work. Even when you don't feel like you're shining the brightest light at work, remember, the Lord is the light in your life. All you got to do is get out of the way and let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. If people need to put sunglasses on when you come into the room, praise the Lord. It's all right. You're doing your job. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? David wrote that. The Lord is my light. Why was David a light to his people? Because the Lord was his light. So the king said to them, 18.4, whatever seems best to you, I will do. Now, David was no wimp, and David wanted to go out to battle. We could ask the question, why? And we're going to find out that he's going to say something to these commanders as to part of what's on his heart, and here's what it was. He didn't want Absalom to die. And it may be that David wanted to go out because he felt like if there's a situation where he has to have a confrontation with his son, he's going to try to reason with his son. How many of you have seen the latest Star Wars movie? I think it's the, it's the one where uh, Han Solo meets his son on the bridge. You remember that? And uh, he's trying to talk his son away from the dark side, right? And, and you kind of, you're sitting in the movie theater and you're thinking, now this is good. And the, the, this kid... Hopefully he's going to come back home. He's going to come back to reason. He's going to come back to his parents. But then he takes his lightsaber and and hits Han. And it's a terrible scene. And if you haven't seen the movie, I'm so sorry. If you haven't seen it by now, what's wrong? I mean, come on. But I apologize. But anyway, so here it is. We've already opened the door. So here it is. It goes through him, and Han ah, dies, and everybody in the movie, movie theater is like, oh, wow. I mean, I think that David felt like maybe he could talk some sense into Absalom. Maybe he could say, son, stop this. I don't want to be at war with you. I'll give you everything I have, but don't do it this way. They said, stay in the gate. Stay in the city. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I shall enter through them. I shall give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. The king charged Joab and Abishai, verse five, and Ittai, saying, these three commanders, he said, deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king charged all the commanders concerning Absalom. The king's emotions were tangled He loved his son despite all that Absalom had done and was doing. And he said, please, I have one request. Please go easy on my son. Now, the people who were going out to war, the people who had been in the wilderness, been inconvenienced, wanted nothing but to take Absalom out because Absalom was at the heart of their problems. But David said to them, please spare him. 
And he gave them a charge. When the king charges you to do something, it's not a suggestion, it's a solemn charge. In 2 Timothy 2.14, Paul gives Timothy a solemn charge in the presence of God not to wrangle about words which are useless, but to be diligent, to be approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, who rightly divides the word of truth. In 2 Timothy 4.1, he says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and by his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. These are not suggestions. These are charges. I charge you in the presence of God. This is what you're to do. David wanted them to go easy on Absalom. And you might be asking the question, why would David do this? Absalom had killed Amnon. He had ravaged David's harem. He had usurped his throne. Why would David want to go easy on Absalom? Because David was a dad. And that's all I need to say. Because if you're a parent, you never stop loving your children, no matter what happens. And David was a father. And by the way, David could relate to Absalom because everything that Absalom had done, David had done. David had committed adultery. David had committed murder. And David had been forgiven by God. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sin, O Lord, who could stand? And David felt responsible for what Absalom was doing, at least to some degree. So he said, please, if you come across my son, please go easy on him. The people went out into the field, verse six, against Israel. The people represent David. Israel is now those on Absalom's side. And it would appear that Absalom's army is much bigger than David's. And so they went out into the field and the battle took place in the forest of Ephraim. Just a side note, this may mean that the battle took place on the west side of the Jordan. There may have been other battles that took place on the east side of the Jordan, and Israel would have been pushed back across to the west side. But the forest of Ephraim is part of the Holy Land or part of the Promised Land, the tribe of Ephraim, you can recognize there. And so they went into the field, into the forest, and this is where the battle took place. And the people of Israel, that's Absalom's side now, nation fighting against its own nation, you know, people against its own people. But Israel, Absalom's side, were defeated there before the servants of David. And the slaughter there that day was great. 20,000 men died. 20,000 casualties. And for what? For a power struggle? What's, what's at the heart of most war? A struggle for power. What's at the heart of war in families? A struggle for power. A struggle sometimes over money that's been left by some relative, really. And there are casualties. What's at the heart of war today? Both outside and inside the church. Oh, it happens in the church as well. Well, it's, James says it's because you lust. And you want what you want. And the battle there was spread over the whole countryside of the forest, devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. I don't quite know what to make of this language, if this is metaphorical, but we do know that the forest devoured Absalom, as we're going to see. Absalom actually had a tree branch uh, become his demise. 
And I couldn't help but think of the Lord of the Rings movies when the trees get involved in that battle. How many of you? Come on now. Come on. Lord of the, all right, good. Now, the trees were called Ents, I think. The last charge of the Ents, little hobbits. And they, yeah, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> repent and return to your first movie selections. I, I don't know. But anyway. How about this? How about the trees in the Wizard of Oz? Come on, anybody? Dorothy takes an apple. What are you taking my apple for? Woo! And then the scarecrow engages the tree. Well, she doesn't want one of your apples because it has little green worms in it. Are you saying my apples aren't what they ought to be? I'll show you how to get apples. Okay, you haven't seen the movie? Again, <laughs> they ended up with apples. That's where the saying, how do you like those apples, comes from. Maybe. <laughs> and Absalom, now Absalom, verse 9, happened to meet the servants of David, for Absalom was riding on his mule. A mule was a royal uh, mode of transport. And the mule went under the thick branches of a great oak. Now, remember, they're in a forest. It seems to be very dense. And his head caught fast in the oak. So he was left hanging between heaven and earth, or NIV says he was in midair, when the mule that was under him kept going. Now, there are some commentators that believe that Absalom may have been looking around, distracted in the battle. The mule is riding along, and his neck got caught between a branch and the bows of a branch. That's a possibility. There are others, and I think more ancient commentators believe his hair got caught in the branch. Whatever it may be, he was dangling there, suspended in midair between heaven and earth, and the donkey kept going. <laughs> Hey! I think Absalom was probably whistling for the donkey. Come back! Donkey kept going, just like Absalom's kingdom was about to disappear. The donkey kept going. And so, if you look at chapter 17, verse 14, it tells us who's behind this. 17, 14 says, middle of the verse, for the Lord had ordained to thwart the counsel of Ahithophel in order that the, light, the Lord might bring what? Calamity on Absalom. The Lord, who is over nature, was behind this. Job 5.13 says, He catches the wise in their own craftiness, and the counsel of the cunning comes quickly upon them. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Hey, I want to tell you something that's exciting happening here at the church. We have a college that we've started. We offer a two-year diploma in Christian apologetics and theology. We have two exciting classes coming up with great instructors. It's Hidden Riches of Church History from the Resurrection to the Reformation. And we have a class on Christian philosophy. How do we know what truth is? We're going to look at epistemology and some other subjects like that. Are you a working adult? Have you just graduated from high school and looking to go deeper in your faith? The tuition is very low, and the instruction is excellent, and the classes start in July. Are you interested? Do you want to go deeper in your faith? Do you want to be more equipped to give answers for the hope that you have in the public square? Well, check it out today. It's thetruthacademy.com, thetruthacademy.com. Sign up today, find out all the information, and get equipped. 
God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.